Hello, and welcome to the Parabiblica for the Perplexed. In this episode, I will be covering the parabiblical text from Qumran attributed to Moshe or heavily associated with the latter part of the Pentateuch. Many figures are very prominent throughout the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Murahatzedek, Chanoch, and Moshe, Moses. Many different documents of varying levels of preservation are attributed to him, and understandably so. Jewish tradition considers him the greatest prophet to have ever lived, in addition to the author of the Pentateuch. Many of the Mosaic works in the Dead Sea Scrolls reflect the latter fact, and are often dependent on or reworked versions of the Pentateuch. Unfortunately, however, the portions that survive are often very small. One such document is preserved in 1Q22, called the Words of Moses, which takes the form of a Deuteronomistic-style speech of Moshe, and may have been composed in the late 1st century BCE. It could have served as something of a summary of Deuteronomy, or perhaps an introduction. It takes place at Mount Nebo, in the 40th year after the Exodus. God instructs Moshe to gather together Israel and its leaders to explain the laws, predicting that the Israelites will abandon them and eventually be cast out of the land. This introduction serves to write in one of the larger themes of many of the prophetic works into the Pentateuch. Moshe declares to the people that by accepting and following these laws, they become God's chosen people, somewhat in contradiction with the Breshi narrative, which may suggest that this work, or one of its sources, knew a pre-redaction Deuteronomy. The text cuts out in the very beginning of a section that would have gone through many of these laws. Another of the shorter Moshe texts is preserved in 4Q375, and is called the Moses Apocryphon A. It outlines the procedure regarding a false prophet. The prophet is to be put to death unless his tribe vouches that he is in fact a real prophet. In the later scenario, the prophet is brought before an anointed priest, presumably to determine if he is a true prophet, although the text cuts off at this point. This text was written around the end of the first century CE, which lines up logically with the rise of alleged prophets during the Roman period. The reference to an anointed priest may suggest an association with the Hasmonean court, in an attempt to establish the Hasmonean king as the determiner of true prophets. Given the Qumran sect's relationship with the Hasmoneans, however, it may also be a reference to the leader of the Qumran or Essene community, who often is also associated themselves with messianic priests. A short prayer in the scrolls, called Amos Apocryphon C, or 4Q408, is likely, but not certainly, attributed to Moshe. It focuses on praising God for creation of the times of day, which may indicate that it was recited at these times. It seems to be a fairly early composition, considering the other texts around or before the 2nd century BCE. Unfortunately, very little of the text survives, and not much can be said about its composition. The next document, referred to as Moses Apocryphon B, survives in two separate fragments and deals with seemingly disconnected subjects. The first addresses the stones on the Kohen Gadol's shoulders and may have something to do with his authority, which would have been an issue at the time of the composition, probably the late 1st century BCE. The second subject is the military action of a figure referred to as the Prince of the Whole Congregation, who leads the Israelites strategically during wartime. The connecting theme of these two categories is probably other leaders in Moshe's time, an interest also present in the document called Apocryphal Pentateuch B. The Apocryphal Pentateuch B was probably written in the late 2nd or early 1st century BCE, 
and may have even been incorporated into a version of the Pentateuch, like the Song of Miriam was. As the name suggests, there is also an apocryphal Pentateuch A, but too little of it has survived to make a meaningful translation. The fragment of B that survives contains a speech by one of the Israelite elders, a group mentioned frequently throughout the Pentateuch, but rarely quoted. He is named Elabah, which uses, and it uses very familiar language urging the Israelites to follow God's laws, stressing the miraculous events at Sinai. The invention of more figures to urge the Israelites to be righteous, who in the canonical Pentateuch don't really follow the law, may reflect an early developing feeling of a righteous elite trying to get the rest of Israel to follow the laws. The added emphasis on Sinai may also reflect an intra a growing interest in Revelation at the time. Another fragment which seems to be associated with Moshe is called the Moses or David Apocryphon, as, as the name suggests, some argue it is associated with David. The text describes a battle against a giant and mentions the name Og, the giant king of Bashan that the Israelites defeat on their way to Canaan. The language used somewhat reflects that of David's battle with Goliath, so some assume that it is associated with him. It describes the giant's measurements and those of his weapons, which is a detail often debated throughout the Talmud and Midrash, and the weapons that are prepared to defeat him. The battle between Moshe and Og is the subject of much agada throughout the Talmud, Midrash, and Targum, so it is quite possible that this fragment is associated with or part of a lost apocryphal source behind this agadic literature. Not all of the scrolls associated with Moshe are short, however. In fact, the longest Dead Sea Scroll, 11Q19, or the Temple Scroll, also fits within this category. It was likely over 60 columns long when it was first written. The text presents itself as a revelation from God to Moshe concerning an idealized temple, including its structure and many regulations. This temple and the laws surrounding it form something of a Pentateuch harmony, blending laws and details from the law codes in Shemot, Vayikra, and Dvarim, and also incorporating details from the temple Yechezkel describes. It is, however, much bigger than any of the biblical temple descriptions. Like many of the groups at the time, the author of the scroll probably considered the temple during his time to be a corrupt facsimile, and so created an ideal temple to counter it, a strategy, a strategy also found in Pharisaic literature relating to the temple. The length and similarity to biblical text in the scrolls make a shot-by-shot -shot summary impractical, so I will instead go over its contents briefly and note interesting details or divergences from the biblical parallels. The text as we have it opens with a covenant made between God and Israel, not infrequent in prefaces to a law code. After this, many columns cannot be translated fully, but likely describe the vessels within the temple. Next, the time-bound sacrifices are described, followed by the various buildings housed within the temple, and for the most part, both of these follow the biblical account. Notably, however, the sacrifices are described in great anatomical detail, likely in contrast to the alleged non-attention to detail of the Sadducees. Next, the layout of the temple is given. There are three courtyards, each larger than the last, that permit different groups of people into them based on their holiness or connection to the temple, much like the biblical temple. There follows a long description of purity laws surrounding the temple, in some ways paralleling the stringency of the Pentateuch and sometimes the Mishnah, but also often going even farther, especially reflecting Essene or Kermonite concerns, such as sexual relations, which are completely forbidden in the city of the temple. 
At this point, the text goes into more general laws, laws regarding the appointment of judges, idolatry, keeping oaths, heresy, and the priests. Finally, it parallels many general law codes by going through familiar miscellaneous laws. One other mosaic work is featured prominently throughout the scrolls, and is also a rewriting of various parts of the Pentateuch, the Book of Jubilees, or Leptogenesis, which has also been preserved by a number of church manuscripts, pri primarily in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Because of its length and otherwise familiarity, it will have its own episode. So please return next month for Parabiblica for the Perplexed Jubilees.